You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the presentation of our Lord, February 2nd, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Christ. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what was stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, To do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came, and she began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. There's an elephant in the room here at St. Thomas, one that we're all aware of, one that's simmering just below the surface, if you'll permit me to mix metaphors here. The name of that elephant is death. And not death as an abstraction. No, there's nothing abstract about this. In our case, case, death seems to be an ever-present reality. We've lost so many dear ones over the last couple of years, dear ones who have been part of this community for many years, dear ones who grew up here, were baptized, confirmed, married, and now buried here, 
And we've lost children, too. It's, it's against the laws of nature. Parents should not have to bury their children. Yes, recently it seems like the hits just keep on coming. A number of folks have described to me symptoms and feelings that actually sound like PTSD. It can seem a little overwhelming. Yet, whether we can quite articulate it this way or not, I do believe that one of the reasons we are drawn together in a community like St. Thomas, which is to say into a Christian community, is because we know something about death. Why do you suppose that this newly born Christian faith, a faith that was still called the way, spread as rapidly as it did through the Roman Empire and the Mediterranean world, well, one reason is because of the loving, compassionate, and hopeful way that early Christians handled death and dying. Unlike their pagan counterparts, who often ignored the dying and disposed of dead bodies in a haphazard way, the earliest Christians demonstrated tenderness and compassion all through the dying process and expressed the faith-filled conviction that death was not the end of the journey. And this so impressed their pagan neighbors that countless numbers of them were drawn to the new faith. A contemporary version of this story is told by the writer and historian Elaine Pagels. In the foreword to her book, Beyond Belief, Pagels tells of a time when her two-year-old son was dying of a rare disease. She was overwhelmed with grief and sadness and anger. She and her family were living in Manhattan at the time, and one chilly February Sunday morning, a lot like this chilly February Sunday morning, she went out for a run. All she could think about was her dying child. As she was running in Central Park parallel to Fifth Avenue, it began to rain, seriously rain. Up ahead, she saw a church at the corner of Fifth Avenue and crossed Fifth Avenue to seek shelter under the church's porch. Looking inside, she saw that the congregation was at worship. And without quite knowing why, she was drawn inside and sat down in a back pew. As the words of the Eucharistic liturgy washed over her, and the people made their way forward towards the altar to share bread and wine, Pagels had a revelation. These people know something about death, she found herself thinking, and about life, too. The church where all this came, uh, came to her was the Church of the Heavenly Rest, one of Manhattan's beautiful and large Episcopal churches right at the corner of Fifth Avenue and East 90th Street. Maybe you've been there. In the midst of her grief around the too-soon-to-happen death of her two-year-old son, Hegels had found at Heavenly Rest a community where death was acknowledged, where death was held, and where hope was proclaimed that death is not the end of the story. In the midst of death, there is life. That's certainly one of the important learnings from this morning's gospel reading. Today on the liturgical calendar, we observe the feast of the presentation of our Lord. It was the Jewish law that every firstborn male child should be presented in the temple and designated as holy to the Lord. 
And so we look in on the scene this morning as Mary and Joseph enter the temple. And there we meet another man and woman, each of them ancient in years and steeped in wisdom. Simeon, we are told, is righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And on that day, the Spirit's revelation came to pass. With great joy, Simeon took the child Jesus in his arms and praised God. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Do those words sound familiar? They're best known to Anglicans and Roman Catholics as the Nunc Dimittis. And we often sing this beautiful canticle at Coral Evensong. Simeon had a life of devotion, and the spirit at work in him led him to understand that God was at work in the birth of this baby. At the end of his life, as the light is going out for him, what does Simeon see? In this new life, in this baby, Simeon sees salvation for all people, a light for the Gentiles, and the glory of Israel. And he's joined in this revelation and this blessing by Anna, a prophet who's lived in the temple for years and who, like Simeon, has been awaiting this revelation. When she saw the child in Simeon's arms, she began to praise God. The child represented all her hope for the redemption of Jerusalem. I love this beautiful multi-generational story. At the end of their lives, Simeon and Anna are blessed to see in the flesh, in an infant in arms, all their hopes for the redemption of Israel and the salvation of the whole world. And we're meant to understand that the child Jesus receives their blessing and receives their devotion and receives their wisdom too. They have something to offer him. In the midst of death, there is life. And make no mistake, in the midst of life, there is also death. So let's come back here, here today in our community. Yes, we are experiencing too many deaths. Yes, there is grief and loss and deep sadness. But in the midst of this, we are also experiencing life. Did you know that last year St. Thomas recorded the largest number of baptisms of any parish in the Diocese of Olympia, including St. Mark's Cathedral? I mean, our baptisms exceeded our funerals, thanks be to God. <laughs> There's a replacement <laughs> going on. <laughs> you see, really, in the midst of death, there's life. And I so deeply believe that in welcoming these new Christians into the household of faith, they represent to those whom we have said, to whom we have said farewell the hope of the redemption of our broken world and the salvation of all people. I so deeply believe that as the eyes of our dear departed ones have grown dark in this life, those same eyes are being filled with light, light 
in the light of the life to come. I mean, that's certainly the great hope of Simeon and Anna, just as it's our hope for these dear ones and for ourselves. I'm now going to take a moment to read aloud the names of those dear ones for whom memorial services or committals have been held here at St. Thomas in the last year or which are currently scheduled to be held in the near future. Please forgive me in advance if I leave any, any name out. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. As I read these names, visualize them. Visualize the ones you know. See them surrounded by light. Know that they're held in Jesus' loving arms. And know that one day, soon or late, your name will also be read in a place like this. And know that you too will be held in Jesus' loving arms. Carol Myers. Bruce Myers. Richard Guile, Kathy Leland, Jim Dowd, Marion Thomas, Zelda Mae Shire, Ron Honeyman, Helen Wilson, Cor DeHart, Don McLaren, Claudia Brooke, Betty Purcell, Don Lewison, Cloda Ash, Cindy Livingston Warburg, Dave Lewis, Al Pratt, Connie Winslow, Ann Rogers, Jack Lamey, Virginia Sinear, Steve Robertson. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. 
That's www.stthomasmedina.org.